A topic that's been on my mind a lot lately is grief. I think in the last six months since being in the hospital, I guess it's been longer than six months. I don't know why I always say six months. Uh, I think six months was like some kind of weird abstract benchmark to me. Um, But the thing that I've been processing the most in my life is grief. The concept of grief, how it's impacted me, um, and how my most important question is, how do I get past these things that I'm grieving over? Because sometimes it seems like I'm doing so well. I haven't thought about such and such or so-and-so and forever. And then I'll spend an entire day and night crying about it. So I think grief is the thing that if I could have those answers, um, I think I'd be a lot better off. So I wanted to dive into what I've learned about grief and the answers that I have about it as a process, because it is a human process that we will all experience at some point or another. So, I mean, before you listen to this whole podcast thinking that I have the answer to how to get over someone or to get over a death or a relationship or a divorce or a loss, um, you can go ahead and turn it off if you think that I know. Because if I knew, um, I would have spent the last 10 months a lot happier and I probably wouldn't have gone into the hospital in the first place. So that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just going to go over kind of what I do know and how that knowledge has helped me over time. So just starting off with the idea of grief. So what is it? It's the human response to a significant and more than likely traumatic loss. Um, It's presented to us in movies and films and literature um, with, you know, the black veil and the the mourning, um, the funeral. Um, It's presented to us with crying, weeping, falling on the floor. Um, But I don't think it's ever accurately presented to anyone until it happens. Um, And then you really understand that it is so much more than the external things you're seeing. First thing to clear off, clear up for that is it's more than just for a death. That's something that in my adult life, I had no idea. I always assumed that grief was a process that you have whenever you lose someone because they pass away. That's not the case. You can grieve just as intensely for someone who is alive um, and someone you lost um, who is not lost to the rest of the world. And that is some of the hardest grief because sometimes you're grieving alone while other people still get to enjoy the person that you so desperately miss. So that's one thing that I had to process is that the the losing of a relationship or a connection or a bond is gonna produce the exact same grief, if not more intense, um, because there's this like tauntingness that they're there but they're not there with you. So uh, the second thing I wanted to talk about is how grief is presented in terms of those famous five stages, okay? So we have what? Denial, anger, bargaining, sadness, depression, and acceptance. These steps are always shown as linear. And when I learned them, I didn't view them as a generalized roadmap. I thought they were more like benchmarks. Like if I could just get through this, um, then I was somehow making progress. 
almost like I was a little kid trying to sell cookies for my school. And if we could just get the little thermometer to be a little bit more full, I would just um, get a little closer to being over it. And this idea of being over it is really dangerous. So that's how grief had been presented to me my whole life, that it was mostly about people who had passed on and that when you went through grief, it was going to be something that you could take certain necessary steps and complete. And trust me, the idea of it being stages that are benchmarks works with my brain and how my brain thinks. Because I am one of those people that if you tell me if I just work hard enough, I can do something and I'll accomplish something, oh, I'm all about that. I love the idea that there are steps to take. Um, and those steps, if I work hard enough, will give me a known outcome. But my experience with grief, especially recently, has turned all of those past understandings kind of on their head. So just to back up, here's my life experience with grief. I didn't have that many deaths in my life. Um, and the deaths that I did have were people that I wasn't close with or people that I didn't have real long-standing relationships with. So I lost my dad very early on when I was six years old, but I didn't have a close bond with him for reasons I don't really want to get into. Then I have, you know, my grandfather passing away. I wasn't super close with him. We, My mom didn't have us living near him until about a year before he passed. Um, and all of the other people um, that passed along the way, again, I didn't have relationships with them. So I thought, you know, I am just really good at this whole grief thing. Um, I'm really good at these stages, pass through them super easily. I must just be so resilient. Um, and then I had um, a miscarriage. And that was a different kind of grief. So, you know, found out I was pregnant, let a few people know, started, you know, planning, thinking, and then, you know, have the miscarriage and all of that goes to shit. Like all of your plans are out the window. Um, something that has drastically done a 180 on your purpose in life. Um, you're still turned 180, but now the whole reason for it is gone. So that kind of grief was incredibly different than anything that I'd ever experienced. But even through that, I worked through my five stages and in time that started to sting a lot less. Um, so I think that if I grouped those two those two experiences of grief together, you know, the deaths of people that I didn't really know and a miscarriage, they fell into similar categories. And those categories were the kind of grief that you have when you are grieving the potential, but you're not grieving a relationship or a connection or a bond. So that kind of grief is very hard to process. But once you get to that stage of acceptance, you can make a full kind of, I won't say like recovery from grief, but you can get to the stage of acceptance where you understand that that reality that could have been just won't be. But up until that point, I had still never experienced the type of grief that is come, coming from a 
loss of a relationship and a bond and a connection. And it sounds incredibly stupid, but until last December, when I lost someone who was very, very important to me, and I had a very, very close bond with them, I didn't understand how bad grief could be. I mean, you can probably connect the dots that it sent me straight to the hospital, among other things, but that was a definite giant trigger into my stay in um, inpatient treatment. And I felt incredibly stupid about it um, because I'm sitting there in group with people who have lost everything. They've lost their homes, their lives, their relationship with their children, and they get around to me and why I'm there. And I feel like the biggest idiot on the planet saying, I miss my boyfriend. (laughs) But I had to come to terms with the fact that what I was experiencing was real and it was affecting me in a very real way, even if I didn't take it as seriously as I should have. The way that my friend and I kind of explained it together was when you have a connection and a bond with someone, it's like you're two different colored circles. Like I'm a red circle, he's a blue circle. And when you come together, you like Venn diagram with the other circle and you make this relationship that is part you and part them. And I was experiencing the fact that whenever he took his blue circle away, he took the portion of the circle that was purple um, with him. So I am this red circle chilling with a giant chunk missing. And that's the best way I can describe it. Even if it's stupid to feel that way about a boyfriend, that's how grief really felt to me. So how grief really is, now that I know it a little better, grief of a loss of a connection and a bond is a lot more like a mental funeral. And it reminded me of this Emily Dickinson poem I read in high school that I never connected with until that point. Um, She wrote, I felt a funeral in my brain and mourners to and fro kept treading, treading till it seemed that sense was breaking through. And that is the best way I can explain it. Um, And when I say mental funeral, I mean, this person is alive and walking around for me. Um, I could walk, I could run into him at Walmart. I could see him in a car next to me, but the person I loved and the person he was when he was with me is dead. That person is dead. They don't exist anymore. They cease to be. And a big problem that I had moving through grief is that I wanted to freeze him in the moment that he left me. And I had a really hard time even imagining him doing things without me, um, what his life was like without me, um, to the point where I got bothered when someone in my friend group mentioned they had seen him and had a conversation with him. It's like my brain didn't want to process it. So that mental funeral was incredibly difficult to get through. What I also found out was that those five steps are not linear. You can go through one, skip the next, loop back to the first one, repeat the second one six times, um, skip all the way to acceptance or what you think is acceptance, and then work your way the whole way back through. Um, So that was hard. Another thing that I had to accept is that me trying to check off those boxes as quickly as possible was actually leading me to fooling myself into thinking that I went through certain steps when I didn't. 
So for example, I was really quick in the bargaining step because I'm like, what am I bargaining for? What do you mean bargaining? What am I, who, who am I trading with God? Who, who am I bargaining with him? Um, so I thought, okay, bargaining, that's easy. I don't really want to do that. I, I'm more, I'm way more the anger. I'm way more the denial bargaining. I'll skip that one. Um, but then when I self-reflected after the fact, I realized that I had been doing a lot of bargaining. And what I mean by that is I thought, you know, I'm doing all this mental health stuff for me. You know, I'm improving myself. But then when I got through, you know, a bunch of sessions of therapy and I was disappointed that he hadn't turned around and realized that I was doing all of this, that somehow in some convoluted way, I thought that if I, you know, did therapy, wasn't crazy anymore, <laughs> like lost weight, looked pretty, um, got my shit together, that he would turn around. And that fully falls into bargaining. So that's the problem with trying to skip steps or not really self-reflecting when you're in those steps. Because you can, you know, feel like you don't feel any anger, but there's something like boiling underneath it. You can think that you've made it through denial, um, but at the core, you still think he's going to turn back around and fall in love with you again. So... Just be cautious when you walk through the process of grief. Know that it's not linear, that it's super repetitive, that you'll think you got to acceptance and then you'll be knocked to your knees the very next day. So being kind and gentle to yourself is important. The other thing that I learned, um, and I learned this from just some kind of Facebook posts or somebody, they drew it and they said that, Grief is a lot more like, you have to imagine like a box. Okay, so you have a box with a ball bouncing around in it. Imagine like that old DVD screen where the little dot would bounce around. That's what your ball is doing on the inside of this box. And on one side of the box, you have a button. And every time the ball hits the button, you're going to feel the pain of grief. So when you start out grieving, your box is so small that the ball has no choice but to bounce on that pain over and over and that's when you feel like oh my god I am not going to get through this I am not going to stop hurting everything hurts everywhere I look hurts everything I do hurts everything reminds me of this um but then over time your box gets a little bigger and so you're still triggered you're still still hitting the button but it has more places to bounce around to and as time passes and as you do the work to heal yourself, your box gets bigger and bigger, but don't get discouraged by the fact that that button is never going away. That was my mistake. I think that, you know, I have so many good days and when I have one bad day, I'm like, oh my God, this is never going to end. I'm never getting better. How can I be so good? And then as bad as the first day of losing you. It's because that button is painful no matter how much time has passed. Your box is getting bigger, but the ball will inevitably hit it. You'll pass the anniversaries or you'll pass that one special place you used to go with them or that one song will come on and, and it'll be like the first day it happened. And that's really discouraging. But just know that that's part of the process. And I also think that Going back to the five stages, I think that people think acceptance is the finish line, um, but it's just as 
hard as the rest of the stages. And it's not something that ends. Acceptance is a constant process of main, of maintenance, of self-maintenance of the fact that you have to accept what has passed and what is and what isn't. And that's incredibly hard to do. So now we get to the part where you might be wondering, okay, so what do I do about this person that maybe they did pass or maybe they still are alive um, and you're still grieving over them? Well, the first thing is make sure you're taking care of yourself. Um, A lot of times grief will cause sleepless nights or lack of eating. All of that is something that that you can take care of. Just take care of yourself physically, even if mentally you're all over the place. They are even in studies that, you know, we process trauma best in REM sleep. So if you're not getting sleep, you're actually doing yourself a disservice. Um, another thing, there's no going around it. Um, it might seem that way. It might seem like when you get drunk, you don't have to feel it. Or um, when you ignore it, you don't have to feel it. When you replace it with another relationship, you don't have to feel it. But eventually, you will have to go straight through. So when you're going through that, first thing, cry about it. Cry. Let yourself cry. Let yourself feel your feelings. Talk about it with people. I know that people get to feeling that, oh my God, I've talked about my boyfriend for, I bring him up every fucking five seconds. Um, and And my friends are getting sick of me, but you should be able to continue to talk to your friends about what is going on. If not, they're not really your friends. And like, I just talked about it with my friend last night and he's been hearing me talk about it for 10 months now and he is still as supportive as ever. So get someone that you can talk about it. And if your friends aren't there, talk to, you know, a therapist, talk to somebody, get a resource. Um, You can also write about it. Um, I find that right after I got out of the hospital, Something that was very helpful to me and was recommended to me by my therapist was writing to that person. Obviously not sending it to that person, but writing to that person and saying the things because a lot of times we're stuck because we have things we have things that we left unsaid, things that we wanted to say. I'm embarrassed to admit it, but my ex has my number blocked and I totally take that as an avenue to send him what I want to say And it just doesn't get delivered, thank God. Um, But it just helps me to send those things and say those things, um, especially when I get into those modes of, I wish he were here. I wish I could share this with him. So I do. I share it with him, the with him in quotation marks. Um, And it might feel like you're being a crazy person, and maybe you are, Um, but it does feel good. But if you don't want to write to them, if there's, you know, too hard, touches too much of the button, then just write in general. Write check in with yourself every day. What stage are you in? What are you going through? How are you going to get through it? And another thing that my friend told me when we were discussing um, the Venn diagram of it all was that I had to correct my view of the Venn diagram. So I thought he took the chunk of me when he left. But in reality, I am what I got to keep out of that relationship. So it does take time to separate the red from the blue, but my whole circle is still here. 
um, I think what she told me, if I'm, I'm probably misquoting her, but generally speaking, what she told me was that you got to keep the best part of your relationship and that's you. So that really helps me. It's kind of a mantra that I think about whenever I picture that he took some big part of me when in reality he didn't. It felt that way. It felt like he took, you know, my love for life. It felt like he took um, my will to live at a certain point. It took my dignity. He took so much with him. But in reality, I just had to rediscover that about myself. So in summary, grief is nothing more than a process. And like any process, you can try to rush through it. Um, but if you rush through, you're going to end up with a really shitty final product. So take your time because that final product is what you have to live with. That's the part of you that you are going to keep going with. Um, and if you don't process your grief appropriately, you're going to take those pains and hurts into whatever is coming next for you. So all I can say is, Take my word for it. It's worth the time. It's unavoidable. It's inevitable. But do it to the best of your ability because the next people in your life deserve your best effort. And live your life knowing that you don't know what's coming next. Um, and I guess kind of celebrate that. Celebrate the fact that grieving is just knowing that you had something worth loving and something worth having and kind of in a weird twisted way feel happy that you have so many things coming to you um, that are going to be worth grieving too.